Welcome to the Not A Fake Or That Boy Malcolm Random Crap Show on a different platform. Uh, I'm doing something a little different. This is usually a sports show or just random crap. Me just running my mouth about whatever entails my day or or what's going on in history or throughout the world. Um, I'm going to start something a little different. I... This all started for, from a project that I had for a, a class I'm, I'm taking, currently taking. And in the acts of this project, I found that there's a lot more talking or a lot more breaking down that I have to do in this project. It is on comedy, comedians, black comedians expressing themselves on political issues and what I found is I thought this would be something that I could do like a bunch of comedians in one episode but as you see in this first episode that I'm doing on one of the greatest comedians of all time Richard Pryor it it went a little bit longer than I initially thought so this will be a series hopefully I've done the work to do multiple episodes, so I might as well make it a series because that's the reason why I haven't really been doing the shows like I used to do is because I've been busy with school and the full-time work that it comes down to the fact... <clears throat> excuse me. It comes down to the fact that it takes a lot of time for me to prepare to do a show like I want it to be done, so... Enjoy as I get into my first comedian. One comedian who is immensely great at uh, breaking down political issues within his comedy was Richard Pryor. We can go back to his 1974 comedy special, That Nigga's Crazy, which he performed at the Soul Train nightclub in San Francisco. And he did this on the topic of police, uh, br uh, police brutality. Cops put a hurting on your ass, man, you know. They really degrade you. White folks don't believe that shit, don't believe cops degrade you. Oh, come on, those beatings, those people are resisting arrest. I'm tired of this harassment of police officers. Because the police live in your neighborhood, see? And you be known them as Officer Timpson. Hello, Officer Timpson, going bowling tonight? <laughs> yes, uh, nice pinto you have. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas don't know I'm like that. See, white folks get a ticket, they pull over. Hey, officer, yes, glad to be of help. Here you go. <laughs> Nigga got to be talking about, I am reaching into my pocket for my license. Because <laughs> I don't want to be no motherfucking accident. Police degrade, I don't know, you know, it's awful. You wonder why a nigga don't go completely mad. You know, you do, you get your shit together, you work all week, right? And then you get dressed, you make, you may say, can't make $125, we get $80, if he lucky. Right, and he go out, get clean, be driving with his old lady, going out to a club, and police pull over. Get out of the car, that was a robbery, a nigga looks just like you. All right, put your hands up, take your pants down, spread your cheeks. 
Now, what nigga feel like having fun after that? <laughs> oh, let's just go home, baby. You go home and beat your kids and shit. You're going to take that shit out on somebody. What's, what's unique about that is he breaks down the social differences between the treatment of black people and white people when it comes to the police. He, he literally goes into it as in how black people have been given, have to give directions of their actions previous to, you know, to explain what they're doing out of, out of not, out of not making the, uh, the officer have a fearful reaction to their actions. Example examples of this is uh Philando Castile, his death when he was uh shot by the police officer. Literally, he 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 informed the officer he has a weapon, and the officer tells him because the officer's asking him for his ID, his information, but he can't get to it unless he goes near the weapon, and he uh, at, because that's where his uh, his wallet his. You know his 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 information. Officer's asking him for is located. So he tells the officer. He informs him he has a weapon. Officer sees him going toward. I mean, after he tells him, "Hey, I got a weapon, but I have to." You know, that's this is where I have to go to get you what you're asking for. And he goes to get get his uh license, and the officer shoots him. Dead center mass in the chest. And he dies on the scene. We we all uh, most of us seen this footage uh, of the reaction of uh, his uh, his girlfriend and uh, her child as in the, in the vehicle after the fact. We've all and also when you see the actual police vi video, you can hear and see that Castillo was not really a threat, but but in the act of the event that was really nothing else that was that was what would happen that's what happened he was murdered by the police officer and the police officer was let off and you can hear in prior's uh, act him explaining you have to give police officers uh, directions of what you're doing because you don't want to be killed by the police he also talks about in in this uh little, in this uh segment, uh dealing with humiliations with with the police, the fact that the police will humiliate you, you will you will feel less like a man or less like a human being, and this this has repercussions because he jokingly says this at the end, you you, you go home and you end up beating your kids, but this. This actually happens with some individuals who deal with the police. They they can't take it out on anyone. They they end up doing doing harm to themselves, doing harm to them family, to their own families, doing harm to their own friends. And it is the cause dealing with that humiliation and that pain and that suffering is the cause for a lot of grief within poor people, poor communities. Because they have to deal with these uh, issues when it comes to the police. Here's a uh, and here's another uh, act uh, he did 
Pride did um, in 19, uh, 1998, at the end of 1998, he did a, a special live, uh, Richard Pride live in concert. It's one of his uh, most prolific acts. He he talks about he talks about black people relationship with the police in this act. When the police came, <laughs> I went in the house. Because they got magnums too. <laughs> and they don't kill cars. <laughs> they kill niggas. <laughs> Police got a chokehold they use out here though, man. They choke niggas to death. That mean you be dead when they through. Right? You, did you know that? Wait, the niggas going, yeah, we know why for no, I had no idea. Two grab your legs, one grab your head, it'll snap. Oh shit, he broke. <laughs> can you break a nigger? Is it okay? Let's check the menu. Yep, page eight, you can break a nigger right there. See? Let's, let's drag him downtown. Okay. And they got them dogs that sick on your ass, right? Them German shepherds and shit. Nasty motherfuckers, right? Some places they got them Dobermans. Doberman pinches? Them some bad motherfuckers. They fast, too. Hey, catch the average white boy. <laughs> By the time they catch a nigga, though, they too tired <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> right? Maybe get petted or some shit like that. <laughs> you tired of running more? <laughs> Sit your ass right there, man. Won't get on. You all right? <laughs> one loose on a young brother about 16 in the alley. Police jumped out the car and sick the doorman loose on him. And the brother was low running. <laughs> he was down in here. <laughs> and the dog was on his ass. <laughs> and it must have got good to the brother because he shifted into overdrive on the dog. Yeah, the brother had a cap on. He just went... The dog says, shit. <laughs> Motherfuck that nigga, man. <laughs> shit, he gonna kill me out here. Shit. Give me a biscuit, yeah. That was, uh, that was, I found that one through uh, Netflix as a joke that they, uh, I think they running that, that, uh, performance on their website this is a a special uh comedy uh i mean that was very uh, that was special to me because it, it it addressed the issues of fear of the police it talks about how the police kind of jokingly takes upon the idea of what they what they can get away with and and how dangerous they can be we the the famous chokehold is talked about. That is the way Eric Garner ended up dying by chokehold. Police grabbed him from the behind and choked him out. Uh, this this grasping for for air, your last breath, the George Floyd, which took over the nation this year. This this was also uh, famous in the in the eighties because of L.A. police. There was a lot of 
lot of killings via chokeholds in the Los Angeles area. He also addresses in this the police dog, the, the fact that the police dog was used as a fear tactic to chase down individuals or to scare individuals from not even running to make things easier for the police. And now he comedy he in a comedy way as Pride does very well. He talks about how you know the athleticism of of uh, that have been talked about with with the black community of you know running from the police and how you know I've, I remember joking about this as a kid. We used to uh, watch sports and we would jokingly say when somebody's uh in in, in the NFL. They're running real fast down the field, you know, getting away from the defense. Uh, he's running from the police. That was an old joke we used to even say back in the days. But, yeah, he, he, he talks about, you know, hey, he's so quick, you know, dogs don't even want to chase him. But, yeah, he, he addresses a lot of the, the issues of the police chokehold and the fear tactics of the police when uh, other cops dealing with the black community. I, in a New York Times article I'm reading right here, this is uh, this is on uh, Richard Pryor, and it mentions, let me find it, uh, it mentions how back in the days that he, he, he had, excuse me, he was raised to hate cops, that's how he felt, he said, uh, he, he, he was once raised to hate cops. He he, his company was alive and uh, to the hurt and humiliate humiliate humiliation of everyday police abuse. He didn't say the police beat up black people; they degraded them. His his cops weren't the bumbling fools in silent films, where dangerous. They I mean they were dangerous, and and two decades before Ice Cube rapped about black police showing up. Black police showing up, showing out for the white cops. Prior said a piece about I Spies, a TV reference to a TV show starring Bill Cops. I mean Bill Cosby and Robert Cole, which he describes the interaction teams, intelligence agents describe black partners of white officers earning their strikes by harassing black civilians about. Jail, he joked, you gotta, me, me, little, you go down looking for justice, justice, that's what you'll find, you'll, you'll find just us. Here's another, uh, now, he didn't only talk about just dealing with the police, uh, here's a, here's a topic on the subject of religion that Richard Pryor did in the act, in the, in the stand-up act. At the uh, at Craps, nineteen seventy one. This is a Red Fox, Red Fox Comedy Club in Hollywood. Uh, Richard talks about how even religion is uh, con- corrupted by money. He even talks about the differences in re- religion and throughout their traditions. Religion fucks a lot of people up. Talking about the motherfucking God we trust is on a dollar. That's the only dude they talking about. Y'all talking about ooh. 
go to church with no money and don't don't you feel bad? <laughs> well, I don't have nothing to put in. Everybody in church know it. You didn't even put nothing in the collection plate. <laughs> Kiss my ass and shit in it. <laughs> Y'all want some shit? You give me shit. Here's some more. <laughs> No, but church be heavy. Catholic church is hip because they got a gimmick, that freaky water. You know, you can freak off and be cool and be Catholic. I guess. Now I'm a sign of spirits. Yeah. So I remember the Salvation Army had all the virgins. You remember? I'm saving myself for the Lord. <laughs> and you could tell they were virgins, right? Because everything's drawn up. <laughs> <laughs> I envisioned right so that they meet some hippie. Hi there, I'm the Lord. <laughs> and in the Midwest, they own God. The hillbillies, you hear them on the radio Sunday morning. You turn on the radio. Out there, friends and neighbors, has God touched you today? <laughs> well, if he hasn't touched you, you send us a dollar eighty-five cents, and we'll send you absolutely free a touch from God. <laughs> And they always have some woman confessor, right, you know. I was lost and alone. I had nowhere to go and nothing to do. God found me. Now I have plenty to do and nowhere to go. <laughs> I went to white Protestant church for a while, you know, but it scared me, man. The music, there's some weird music going, I expect a Dracula to come jumping out any second. If he did, I'd have held up the cross. Because he's allergic to bullshit. <laughs> And uh, in that act, he uh, talked about, he talks, <clears throat> he talks about the value of uh, money and religion. He talks about how pretty much church, just like everything else in the, in the country, is corrupted by money. Uh, church seeking out money, uh, the ideal of being rejected if you don't have money to give into that church. You also have to deal with the guilt and shame. That if you don't have that money, you're going to be shamed for it. Now, he also gets off on a soliloquy about uh, the differences in American, within America, within its own religious background. Uh, he talk, uh, The theatrics of church, the the fact that Catholic church is all about the harmonizing, the, you know, the music, the, the, the nuns and all that. And he also talks about the southern southern white religion of but it's all circulate on that same thing money 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 so he was he was uh willing to be critical of the religious aspects now but let's let's get off the stand up and let's talk about his actual views he did a, a interview on a show Bill Box show Bill Box show in which he talks about the ideals of this is a 1977 interview he did on the Bill Box show when he talks about capitalism. What do you think that these executives are afraid you're going to do to white America? Um, probably uh, stop some racism. Stop racism. Yeah, they're probably afraid of that because then people people don't hate each other, and people start talking to each other, and then they start talking to each other, they find out. <clears throat> who's the problem 
which is uh, greedy people. Greedy. I, I have a couple things I want to ask you there. Do you do you really think that some of the guys that you dealt with at yeah. NBC, no yeah. no names, right? Because right. there's lawsuits for that too. That some of these guys really want to promote racism actively, or is it a subconscious? I just think it's part of capitalism is to promote racism, you know, right? In order to uh, make things work. If you feel better because you're white and you can get a job, uh, you use that. I mean, you know, I would. Absolutely. Say, I'm sorry, Jack, but shit, they say I'm white. I'm going to use yeah, this. Right. Absolutely. Get this job. I'm hungry, you know. But, uh, and that separates people. So they keep people separated, and that keeps them from thinking about the real problem. That's, that's as simple as I see it. Probably it's not that simple, but. Now, all right. You and I are I, about the same age, right? We're in our mid-30s. How long is it going to take before guys who think like you, and I say guys who think like me, people who don't want to have racism in the country, people who don't want to be oppressing any minority, whatever mm -hmm. it is, sexual, whatever minority, really get into positions of power and can change things? You can't get in a position of power, it seems, if you think like that. It seems that the only time you get in a position of power is if you like the people that are in power. To me, I mean, that's the way it goes. I mean, People that get to become executives become like the people that were already executives. I don't know, maybe... They go in with good intentions, but it eats them up. It's like a cesspool, you know? It just gets on you and it starts eating. The system eating. levels them. Pretty soon it's Is all gone. Is that what a cesspool sounds like? Yes. Yeah. All right. We'll be back right after this. Okay. And that is an interview that, uh, that Pride does on the show. Bill Boggs show. He addresses racism, money. Uh, he addresses the idea that money corrupts. Is the corrupter of capitalism or capitalism is the corrupter of money. It is It is all intertwined together. He talks about the structure of capitalism and how it continues to create this inequality due to those who gain power uses it to gain greed. It's all about the greed of money. This is the key to this, uh, to the corruption. He, he, in his idea, he believes that it keeps us separated. He also believes that it keeps people in power who are more of a divisionist. This is this is a special thing about Richard Pryor. He he has this way of talking in a smooth, understanding way that he can explain explain throughout is either through his comedy or when he actually just talks about these issues it, he showcases this intelligence level of uh, of just society societal issues but this is the reason why Richard Pryor was such a special comedian he had this intelligent level and and he had this way of speaking to his audience in which they are comfortable in hearing what he has to say. And they feel like, you know, this he's got a point. So that's the reason why I feel that Richard Pryor is such an important comedian. Th these, 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 uh, this ability to explain and break down, like I mentioned earlier, society also some things that surprised me well it didn't really surprise me i kind of knew about it things that people don't know about richard Pryor. he's one of the founding members of PETA. he's a avid pet lover uh, he had a, 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 a pretty uh, a few dogs 
Richard, if anybody makes one of their little, their top five or Mount Rushmore of comedy, Richard is always mentioned. He's going to be somewhere on somebody's list. You'll rarely find an opportunity, uh, a situation where someone names their top comedians all time and does not mention Richard mention Richard Pryor. Every comedian, every comedian goes back and, and mentions his talents or mention his skills or mention who he was. He he's like the I would say Michael Jordan, but I'm gonna go generations before that. He's the Wilt Chamberlain of comedy. He is the let me think of an old uh Johnny Unitas of comedy. He is the Willie Mays of comedy. He is that old school comedian who changed the game, who was willing to 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 make people uncomfortable and to be uncomfortable uh, by use of comedy. So, but um it's time for me to wrap this puppy up. Uh, as I said before this is going to be I'm I'm going to try to make this a quick little series because uh I'm trying a different platform for these shows so I'm not doing the pod bean method I'm doing something different but still and also this was like I said earlier this was an assignment pretty much an assignment gone wrong because this whole Richard Pryor breakdown was supposed to be like five minutes, but you see, I did a whole twenty minutes just rambling on, on the greatness of the great Richard Pryor. So thanks for listening, and see you guys next time.